Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Bayek, it's cold up north. Sort of too many years of being a southern Jesse. I, I can't cope with this. But, um, so... Um, if you feel cold at any time today, feel free, with permission, to give someone a random hug. But not me. Okay. Father, can we pray? Can we talk to you? Father, we just still our hearts. Because we know that you are here. And right now, we're going to lift our hands to you and ask that you would speak. But more than speak, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of the living God, would you fall afresh on every single person in this room right now, in Jesus' name, that today will not be ordinary, that this will be an encounter with a radical king because um, Jesus is king. And so it will be a radical encounter with the king. So, Spirit, would you fill us now to overflowing so that we receive from you, so that all that comes from my mouth is from you and not rubbish. And that all that we receive in our hearts is from you and not rubbish. In Jesus' name, change us and transform us, we pray. Amen. Amen. I feel very high up here today. So I guess it's about six feet away from attack and about six feet above contradiction. I like that. Uh, so... Um, in 2016, the Oxford Dictionary conducted a survey to find out what was the very worst word in the entirety of the English language. No swear words, no rude words were allowed. And here are the results. So in the United Kingdom of Great Britain, of, uh, United Kingdom of Great Britain, Northern Ireland, the two worst words, the, the worst word was this word. Uh, pretty more obviously, it was also this word. <laughs> but in the, um, in the Netherlands, that obviously English-speaking country, in the Netherlands, the two worst words were somewhat obviously this word, uh, but somewhat paradoxically this word. In, um, in New Zealand, they came up with this word, <laughs> Uh, but that was probably more to do with spelling than anything else. Okay, so over to you, my lovely people here in Poynton. Um, what do you think is the very worst word in the entirety of the English language? What is the very worst word in the entirety of the English language? Have a chat with the person sitting next to you. No swear words, no naughty words, no rude words. What is the worst word in the entirety of the English language? Okay, 
Good. So uh, what have we got? Say? Hate. Repression. Good word. Well, not good word, but bad word. Bad word. Beautiful. Awful. Awful word. Awful word. It's a word that's conjoined with Manchester United, Manchester City, and Tottenham as well, eh? Okay. What else? Rubbish. It was that back to Arsenal again. Sorry. Yes. Unforgiveness. Big word. Okay. Anything else? Fine. Fine. All right. Got you. Okay. Is that because you've got lots of them when you're driving your car? <laughs> okay. Recently, there was a program on, on British telly uh, all about the English language, and, and the presenter was speaking to an English professor asking that exact question. What is the worst word in the entirety of the English language? The expert thought for a moment, and then he came up with the answer. And the word he chose, the worst word in the English language was this word. Exclusive. Clever chap. Exclusive. A word all about someone getting something at the expense of someone else. A word all about injustice. A word all about someone winning, but someone losing. A word all about someone always getting excluded. Exclusive. Guys, on, on Sundays throughout this autumn period, we've been spending time hanging out with Jesus. Uh, spending time learning how to imitate Jesus. Spending time learning how to imitate counterculture Jesus. So, in a world full of pride, we've been learning how to imitate humble Jesus. And in a world full of unforgiveness, we've been learning how to imitate forgiving Jesus. And in a world full of busyness, we've been learning how to imitate interrupted Jesus. And in a world full of selfishness, we've been learning how to imitate compassionate Jesus. Today, surprise, surprise, guess where we're going? We're learning how to imitate... Either that opening illustration stuff didn't work, or you're feeling a little bit shy. We're going to learn how to imitate inclusive Jesus. Today is all about inclusion. Guys, imitate inclusive Jesus, because Jesus was always one heck of an inclusive and welcoming kind of guy. Think about it. Three things. Let's start with women, shall we? In a male-dominated society, check out how Jesus always included women. So 2,000 years ago, the Jewish society in which Jesus lived was both male-dominated and male-chauvinistic. A daily Jewish prayer for men back in the day said this, God be praised that he has not created me a woman. Anyone here ever prayed? No. Back in the day, a, a woman's place was in the home. Her job, her role was to raise gorgeous children and provide gorgeous hospitality. A husband could divorce his wife for whatever reason that he came up with. A wife was, however, unusually not allowed to ever divorce her husband. Even in the temple of Jerusalem, the place where God was worshipped, women were only allowed to worship God in the court of women, and the fellas could basically go and worship him wherever they wanted. Life kind of sucked for women. But inclusive Jesus, 
he actually chose a different kind of path. Because inclusive Jesus, he spoke with women. Back in the day, a Jewish fella could not and would not speak to a woman in public. But inclusive Jesus, he actually did that. Check it out. Luke chapter 7, Jesus speaks to a woman to comfort her over the death of her son. And then just like that, he goes and brings her back from the dead. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus speaks to a woman who's been physically disabled for 18 years. And then, just like that, he goes and heals her. And in John chapter 4, Jesus spoke to another woman. He speaks to a Samaritan woman so that he can go and introduce her to God. And then, just like that, he introduces her to God, but not just her, all her mates as well. But more than just speaking to women, Jesus also, inclusive Jesus, respected women. So back in the day, a a Jewish fella would often consider women to be either unclean or even deserving of punishment. But actually, inclusive Jesus went and showered them with respect and showered them with compassion. Check it out, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, there's a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years consecutively. Well, she leans in and touches the edge of Jesus' coats so that she can go get herself healed. Now, touching a fella, and certainly touching a Jewish rabbi, a Jewish teacher, was a massive no-no in Jewish society. But instead of anger, Jesus shows her love, daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And in John chapter 8, there's a woman who's accused of committing adultery. Again, this was a huge no-no in Jewish society. And the Jewish leaders are there ready to stone her to death. But Jesus steps in to protect her and says this, Let any of you who's without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And as her accusers leave, Jesus says to the woman, go now and leave your life of sin. But more than just speaking with women and more than just showing respect to women, awesome, amazing, unbelievable Jesus included women in his team. Now, back in the day, there's this dude called Rabbi Eliezer. He's a first century Jewish teacher. And he said this, rather should the word of the Torah be burned than entrusted to a woman? Rather should the word of the law of the Lord be burned than entrusted to a woman? But Jesus, guess what? He took a radically different kind of approach. In a male-dominated and male-chauvinistic society, Jesus actually included a whole bunch of women in his team. Check it out, Luke chapter 8. Jesus travels from village to village to village, telling people about God. His disciples are with him, but there are also a whole bunch of women in his team. There's a lady called Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and a lady called Susanna, and a whole bunch of other ladies. In Mark chapter 15, there's a whole bunch of women who are standing at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, watching their Lord and their Savior and their Master and their King Dying in agony. Mary Magdalene was there. Mary, the mother of James, was there. Salome was there. Verse 41 telling us that these women had followed Jesus even when he was up in Galilee and they cared for his needs. 
And in John chapter 20, on Easter Sunday, the greatest day in the history of the whole wide world. Who's the very first person that the risen Jesus appears to? Mary Magdalene, how dare he, a woman. And Jesus sends her to go tell his disciples the greatest news in the history of the whole wide world. Jesus sends her, so that means she becomes the world's first ever apostle. Okay? Jesus sends her to tell his friends, his disciples, his mates, his buddies that he is risen, that he is alive. And do you know what? Jesus trusts a woman to deliver the greatest news in history. But Jesus broke... Fantastic. Jesus broke the taboo. In a male-dominated, a male-chauvinistic kind of world, Jesus dared to speak to women. Jesus dared to respect women. Jesus even dared to include women in his team. Guys, imitate inclusive Jesus. Guys, as, as pastor of this church, I promise that we're going to do that. We are a church who are blessed with an amazing, awesome, talented, brilliant bunch of amazing, incredible women. Women who not only know God, but love God, not only follow God, but serve God and try their best to go make him famous. There is no position in this church that a woman cannot hold. There is no role in this church that a woman cannot perform. As a church, we are together going after Jesus. Are you with me? We're going after Jesus. And as a church, we're going after imitating inclusive Jesus. This church ain't going to be any kind of male-dominated or male-chauvinistic kind of place. Are you hearing me? Are you, are you hearing me? This church is going to be an inclusive community of Jesus, but there's more. I promise you three things. Here's the second thing. In a Jewish-dominated society... Jesus included foreigners. 2,000 years ago, the society in which Jesus lived was both seriously racist and seriously xenophobic. You see, Israel was God's chosen nation, and the Jewish people were God's chosen people, and the promised land was God's chosen little bit of geography for God's chosen nation and for God's chosen people. So Jewish people were, were pretty wary of anyone different, anyone alien, anyone foreign. And they were particularly wary of a whole bunch of dudes called Samaritans. The Jewish people really, truly, absolutely hated Samaritans. This is why. Some, um, some 700-odd years before Jesus was born, uh, Israel was invaded by the enemy, and the Jewish people were taken off into slavery in a land called Assyria. Uh, and then the Assyrians, they moved in a whole bunch of foreigners into Israel, into an area called Samaria. So in Samaria lived some Jews and some Assyrians and a whole bunch of different other foreigners. It was a really multicultural area. And in that really multicultural area, a whole bunch of different gods were worshipped. They worshipped a bit of this god and a bit of that god. So 200-odd years later, when the Jews were released from captivity in Assyria and they returned to live in Israel, they encountered many very, very, very strange things in the land of Samaria. And as a result, they rejected both Samaria and Samaritans as impure. 
and they would have absolutely nothing to do with the Samaritans, which is all in all is a pretty long way of saying um, that Jews really, really hated Samaritans. But guess what? Guess who didn't? Let's try that again. Guess what? Guess who didn't? Jesus chooses a different path, a path that I think he wants us to imitate. You see, inclusive Jesus made Samaritans the heroes of his story. The parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. A guy gets beaten up. A Jewish priest won't help him. A Jewish worship leader won't help him. Guess who does? A Samaritan, a dodgy foreigner. A Samaritan, a dodgy foreigner, goes to his aid. Jesus made Samaritans into the heroes of his story. But more than that, Jesus also made Samaritans the heroes of his work. The story of the ten lepers, Luke chapter 17. Ten fellas suffering with a horrible, contagious skin disease called leprosy get miraculously and instantly healed by Jesus because Jesus is totally amazing. But only one of those ex-lepers comes back to thank Jesus. And guess what? He was the Samaritan. He was the dodgy foreigner. You see, Jesus made Samaritans the heroes of his work. You see, Jesus broke the taboo. In a Jewish-dominated, in a racist and xenophobic country, Jesus included foreigners. Jesus included foreigners in his stories, but he also included foreigners in his work. So what does um, that actually mean for us here in Poynton? Um, I wonder if you could do me a favor. If you live in the kingdom of Poynton, would you just stand up for me? And everyone just turn around and stare at these beautiful people. All right, please do grab yourself a seat. So Poynton is um, pretty much a white, monoculture kind of town. Now, could you please now stand up if you live outside of Poynton? That's about two-thirds of you. Um, could everyone now stare, who's sitting down, stare at these incredibly beautiful and handsome people? Okay, brilliant. All right, grab yourself a seat. So, many of the areas where you live and where you work, and where you go to school, and where you go to shop, are anything other than white monoculture. Am I right? Yeah? So, although the PBC building is sitting firmly in the center of Poynton, in the center of Park Lane, the reach and the mission field and the front line of PBC is anything other than merely white and monoculture. Are you catching my drift? So our reach, our mission field, our front line is populated with people from Europe, and people from Africa, and people from Asia, and people from North America, and people from South America, and people from the Caribbean, people from Oceania, and hey-ho, probably the odd few from Antarctica as well. Guys, let's always make certain there's room for more. Let's always be prepared to welcome the stranger. Let's always be prepared to welcome the foreigner, the visitor, into our church, yeah. But how about this one? Into our homes, into our families into our lives. Guys, let's make certain that we're always prepared to imitate inclusive Jesus. So, so far this morning, I've banged on about Jesus being inclusive towards women, and I've banged on about Jesus being inclusive towards foreigners, but there's more. In an adult-dominated society, 
Check out how Jesus included children. Check out these verses. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 to 14. Let's read these together. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So Jesus' mates, um, Jesus' disciples, uh, in denying a whole bunch of kids the chance to hang out with Jesus, well, they were actually only doing what society always does. You see, our world seems to like treating children and young people as second-class citizens, as not quite as worthy, as not quite as important as adults. The kind of children should be seen but not heard kind of mentality. Do you know what I mean? Well, Jesus kind of blows that theory right out of the water. He gives his disciples a right proper telling off and tells the kids to simply come and hang out with him. Guys, isn't that just so much Jesus? Yeah? Isn't that so much inclusive Jesus? But you know what? I'm not really, really, really surprised, actually, because this is the same Jesus who, as a 12-year-old kid, knew it was absolutely okay to go spend a whole bunch of time hanging out with the religious leaders in the temple of Jerusalem to find out more about his Father in heaven. And you know what? I'm not really that surprised, because this is the Jesus who basically gathered his local Galilean synagogue youth group and turned his local Galilean synagogue youth group into his bunch of disciples. It's pretty likely that the bunch of disciples that Jesus gathered and who toured around Israel with him, that's, that's Peter and Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James and James and Judas and Simon, it's pretty likely that actually those kids, those guys, were just a bunch of teenagers. It was like Jesus raided the upper room and took the youth group out on a mission, out on a tour. Guys, Jesus didn't believe that children and young people should be hidden away and ignored. Jesus did not believe that children and young people should be seen and not heard. Jesus believed that children should be welcomed and included and respected and released into their calling, into their purpose, and into their destiny. Guys, we need to imitate inclusive Jesus, yeah? So guys, as pastor of this church, I promise that we're going to do that. We're a church who are blessed with amazing and awesome and talented and brilliant young people, yeah? yeah. Young people who are passionate about knowing Jesus yeah. and loving Jesus. Yeah. Give me a yeah every time. Following Jesus yeah. and serving Jesus yeah. and going and making Jesus famous. Guys, I, I seriously think it's time to do what Rob's doing and let the youth group loose, okay? So as a church, we've got a leadership election coming up in January. We're that kind of church who, who invites leaders. Um, we've got up to six places that are vacant. Wouldn't it be awesome if in that election, a whole bunch of young people were given the chance to step into their destiny? Check this out. In 1994... Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, issued me, as a new police officer in the Kingdom of Essex, 
the power to arrest people and take away their liberty. At the age of 22, I had the ultimate power. And that's how I met some of you. (laughs) Hey, Angus. (laughs) At the age of 22, guys, isn't it time that we actually follow Queen Elizabeth's example? But even better, isn't it time that we followed King Jesus' example and let the youth group out to shine? Are you with me? Guys, Jesus broke the taboo. In a male-dominated society, Jesus included women. In a Jewish-dominated society, Jesus included foreigners. In an adult-dominated society, Jesus included youth. Guys, are you going with the way that I'm flowing this morning? Yeah? If the world's worst word is exclusive, then logically the world's best word must be there we go. Jesus kind of thought so. So he included women, and he included foreigners, and he included children, and he included the elderly, and he included the sick, and he included the disabled, and he included those who were involved in prostitution, and he included those who were involved in crime, and he included the poor, the rich, the broken, and the bereaved. Jesus kind of got it. Jesus included them all. So guys, guess what? Go do likewise. Because the community that lives here in Poynton desperately needs PBC to be an inclusive kind of church. And the community that lives here in Cheshire desperately needs PBC to be an inclusive kind of church. And the community that lives here in Manchester desperately needs PBC to be an inclusive kind of church. But so does the Muslim community. And so does the Hindu community. And so does the gay community. And so does the asylum-seeking community. And so does the Edgerly Park-supporting community. Anyone here? No. (laughs) And so does your school community. So does your work community. So does your commuting community. And the communities who live down there on the Bird Estate and up there on the Tree Estate and across there on the Withenshaw Estates. They all need Point and Baptist Church to practice radical Jesus-style inclusion so that they all get the chance to go meet with this unbelievable, breathtaking, awesome saviour called Jesus. You want that, don't you? You don't want to keep Jesus to yourself, do you? He is the answer. He is the king. He is awesome. Let's not keep him to ourselves. Jesus was an inclusive kind of guy. Point and Baptist Church, are you ready to imitate inclusive Jesus? Can we pray together? So, was that rubbish? Or somewhere in the chatter did you hear God? Isn't Jesus just amazing? Isn't he just amazing? You know, counterculture Jesus. Ready to step away from the norm. Ready to break the taboo. Ready to say, you are worthy. I love you. You are full of worth. I made you.
You are special. I'm going to walk with you forever. Isn't Jesus amazing? But he's also challenging. And so what's Jesus saying to you today? Are you an inclusive kind of person? Are you the kind of person who shines to every community? Or are you holding back? The people who look like you and speak like you and act like you, dress like you, who are your age group, who share your cleanliness and hygiene, who share your skin color, who share your gender, or is God wanting to disturb you today? He is the Savior of the whole wide world. That's Jesus. He's the one who brings life and hope and peace. And he wants to use people like you and me to be his vessels, to transmit this message of love, this message of hope and peace. Are you ready for that, Poynton? Cheshire, Manchester, are you ready for that? Are you ready to be Jesus to a people who needs Jesus? Are you ready to be a radical, taboo-breaking freak for Jesus? Is everyone welcome? Into your home, into your family, into your life, is everyone welcome? Jesus, we're handing stuff over to you this morning. we're saying we're a little bit scared but if we are called to be like Jesus we really have to be inclusive like Jesus and so we're handing things over to you now and we're saying would you fill us with courage would you fill us with your spirit would we be a church that gets stranger and stranger and weirder and weirder as we embrace the whole of society as we say come as you are come and meet the risen Jesus let him transform you Let him fill you. Let him bless you. Are we ready to bring people to the feet of Jesus? Father, would you fill your church now? Would you embolden your church now? Spirit of the living God, would you flow? As we bring to you, bring to your altar the best of us so that you can use us. week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.